Have you ever felt calmer and more secure just by being around a specific person? You feel more safe with that person because of something called co-regulation. I'll explain how this deep-rooted biological process plays a vital role in shaping your emotional and your physiological states. From the calming effects of a loved one's presence to the subtle cues of safety we exchange with those around us, co-regulation is an essential part of being human and healing from trauma. My name is Justin Sinceri. I am a therapist, a coach, and the creator of the Polyvagal Trauma Relief System. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken, where I teach you how to live with more calm, confidence, and connection without psychobabble or woo-woo. This podcast is not a therapy, nor is it intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you're listening to this, which you are, then you have probably already adopted or you're curious about applying the neurobiology of the polyvagal theory as a foundational piece of your trauma recovery knowledge. And if not, then listen to episodes 101 through 109 of this podcast. I'll put a link in the description to those episodes. Or check out my free polyvagal intro page on my website. Again, link will be in the description. The polyvagal theory has numerous helpful pieces like understanding our body's autonomic states, how we shift into and out of these states, and how somebody gets stuck in trauma. Co-regulation is another key piece of the polyvagal theory that intertwines our neurobiological responses with our interpersonal relationships. So it helps to explain how our biology connects to our relationships. And co-regulation actually might help you to get unstuck as well. So first off, what is co-regulation? Co-regulation refers to how our emotional and our physiological states are influenced, but also stabilized through interactions with others, safe others. When we interact with somebody who's in their safety state, that helps us to access our own safety state. Co-regulation basically helps us to feel calmer and to feel more connected when we're around somebody that's safe. Co-regulation is a fundamental aspect of attachment and connection for us humans. And it lies at the center of how we connect and how we empathize with those around us. And actually, it's not just about us humans, but all mammals. We all use some form of co-regulation within our species, like human to human, but also between species like human to dog. There really isn't much co-regulation at all between human and fish or human and lizard or human and bird. You might feel good around these things, but that's different than co-regulation. And I'll talk more about why that is. Co-regulation is something that is deeply rooted in our autonomic nervous system. It's not just like a behavior like hugging or actively listening to someone that needs it. It might look like that on the outside, but really co-regulation is this neurobiological process that happens between two mammals or more, but we'll stick with two. Polyvagal theory teaches us that when somebody exists in their safety state, their body is in a state of homeostasis, of balance, of optimal functioning. It utilizes its resources for health and growth and restoration. So co-regulation can help lead to that safety state, which leads to all those benefits. For someone who's stuck in trauma, co-regulation can help them to enter into their safety pathways, their ventral vagal safety pathways. 
And in the therapeutic process, this is actually something that is essential. Therapists have to be co-regulators to help their clients to access safety. But for those who are stuck in trauma, co-regulation is also a pretty big challenge to give and to receive, but it's still potentially very helpful. Let's look at the neurobiological foundations of co-regulation just for a nerdy moment here. The polyvagal theory says that we have three distinct states of the autonomic nervous system that are responsible for three distinct bodily states. The first state is safety, and that brings with it calm, confidence, connection, happiness, and more. That's really the point of this podcast. The second one is a mobilization state, which brings flight fight to evade uh, danger or avoid or aggress upon danger. And the third one is the immobilization state, which we call shutdown. And that pops up when we're in life threat and it mimics death, basically. The state of our autonomic nervous system is constantly influenced by our interactions with the external world. And that includes the people within it. So we directly impact each other's state. My voice that you're hearing right now impacts your state, dear listener. My lack of eye contact with my YouTube viewers impacts their state. Sorry, YouTube audience, I rely on my notes, so not a whole lot of eye contact, but here you go, hi. So you might be wondering, and yeah, you guessed it, positive interactions with each other affect us positively. But what's happening underneath the interaction? Because co-regulation is not the interaction, it's the biology underneath it. One of those autonomic states that I mentioned before was the safety state. The polyvagal theory hypothesizes that we have specific autonomic pathways responsible for calming our heart and optimizing our bodily functions when we're safe, when we're in that safety state. These are the ventral vagal pathways. And more specifically, it's the myelinated ventral vagal pathways, which are specific to mammals. That's why I said before, this is a mammalian thing. So when we have literal safety, our heartbeat calms down and we can actually express to others externally that we are in our safety state. And we do so with our face and with our neck. We can tilt our head to the side with curiosity and playfulness. We smile with eye crinkles and upper cheek movement. These little facial and neck movements project safety to another. It says, I'm a safe mammal. It's okay to lower your defenses. And we can also receive these cues from others, which helps us to decrease our own defensive activation. So we as individuals can project and receive safety. And this sets up what should ideally be a perpetual loop of providing and receiving safety cues with another. When these safety cues are removed, it signals to the other mammal that we're interacting with that there is danger present, whether literally or not. Then what happens is that the body shifts state and it orients to the danger or the possible danger in preparation for survival. It doesn't have to be like literal danger and survival. Think about when someone looks down at their phone when you're talking to them. You probably feel irritated. That emotion of irritation indicates that you've shifted out of your safety state enough to notice. You're not like getting up and running away or punching the person, I hope, but your state shifted enough for you to notice. So when that person looks up and they smile at you and they apologize, your system probably calms down and then you return to a state of connection. Your irritation eases up. 
Co-regulation through these nurturing social interactions can lead to numerous potential benefits like uh, reducing stress hormones, enabling higher brain functions, and enhancing feelings of well-being. Being in our safety state is just generally overall better for us. Like Dr. Porges says so often, this is where health and growth and restoration occur. And co-regulation can help us to be in our safety state. So we very literally need each other. Another thing to bring into this is self-regulation. Now we know co-regulation is helping another person access their safety state through cues of safety. But that means that you need to first have access to your safety state in order to offer cues of safety to another. This is called self-regulation. You must be self-regulated in order to offer co-regulation. Self-regulation is the ability to basically manage your own emotional state and behaviors. But underneath that, it's really the ability to access your own ventral vagal pathways or your own safety state. Self-regulation requires one to have enough distress tolerance to deal with challenges. And distress tolerance requires one to have a strong enough safety state to tolerate challenges without losing access to that safety state. So to self-regulate, you need a lot of access to your ventral vagal pathways. And this is a big challenge for those who are in trauma recovery, who co-regulation can be seen as a precursor to self-regulation. A child does not develop self-regulation without first receiving effective co-regulation from others like a parent. For those who are in trauma recovery, the support and the stability that is provided by co-regulative relationships with others can help that person in trauma recovery to build the strength of their safety state, which can in turn or eventually lead to uh, more self-regulation. So co-regulation leads to self-regulation, which leads to co-regulation, which leads to self-regulation, and hopefully on and on. Once you're more self-regulated, then you can offer co-regulation to others. For trauma recovery, we kind of have to have a balance of co-regulation and self-regulation. And therapy does a really good job of this, or it should. Therapy offers co-regulation as a foundation for developing self-regulation. The predictable and that safe connection with a therapist helps the client to repeatedly access their safety state even when they're discussing things that might be challenging. As they embrace that therapeutic challenge, like discussing more difficult things maybe, along with that co-regulation, then that helps to strengthen their safety state. But even if you're not in therapy and you're doing maybe your own self-healing, self-work stuff, then connecting with other people through other avenues can still be helpful. It doesn't have to be in therapy. On a more practical level, giving and receiving co-regulation for people who are stuck in trauma can be really difficult. Uh, one of my community members, she had said that even the word connection was too much for her. So expecting this person to strike up a conversation or just simply go out and meet safe others is probably going to be a lot. So co-regulation opportunities need to be practical for people who are in trauma recovery. Co-regulation won't come from everyone. Realistically, not everybody in your life can co-regulate. Most actually may not be able to, not even your partner or your family. That's sad, but it also might be true, even if they're trying really hard. So if that describes you, identify who in your life is realistically co-regulative. Increase your attention and your time to these individuals. 
not too much, don't bombard them, but just make sure you reach out to them and try and connect. I'd also recommend decreasing your attention to others who are not co-regulative. There might be individuals in your life that have shown they are safe, that they are co-regulative, and that they've earned a little bit more attention from you. Likewise, decrease your attention and your vulnerability, especially maybe, to those people who haven't earned it. So basically, increase co-regulation with some and decrease your exposure to others. Often my therapy clients will group their relationships kind of like they'll rank them. I know it might sound objective and maybe horrible, but they kind of rank them like these, this is my core people and these people deserve my time. I'm allowed, I'm allowing myself to feel more exposed or vulnerable with them. And other people who might fall out of that core are okay and we're maybe friendly, but I don't, I'm not gonna rely on them or ask of them more than I know that they can give. And then there might be people outside of that that are just acquaintances and we chit chat here and there. So it's the, it's the core people. If you can give them a bit more of yourself and to mindfully feel and experience their co-regulation cues, that can be really helpful. It really helps to nurture and build those relationships. Co-regulation doesn't have to be for extended periods of time. They can be really small, brief moments of sharing laughter with somebody maybe. Even if you don't catch it in that moment and experience it mindfully, that's fine. Later on, remember what it was like and let yourself re-experience that moment of connection as much as you can. Notice where you feel that sense of connection and try and relive it. And also, co-regulation doesn't have to be with humans. Other mammals in your life are fine. Dogs are great. Cats work really well, I think, too. But dogs are fantastic at this. Co-regulation pieces are there, like gentle touch through petting sharing warmth by laying on or, or next to each other, making eye contact. And even there might be some singing the two of you can do together, especially dogs, they like to sing. Co-regulation doesn't have to be in person either. Virtual meetings are less than ideal, but they do work, even in therapy. Co-regulation can be professional. Therapy and coaching could be or should be great places for co-regulation, but mentoring as well. So having a professional relationship can provide a reliable co-regulation or maybe it's just with the, your coworkers who aren't your core group, but you exchange little moments of co-regulative, you know, smiles and laughter and, and vocal prosody. That's something. So I want to encourage you to create moments of co-regulation that you can tolerate. Not all moments with people are tolerable, obviously. So who can you reach out to and express appreciation, maybe? If you could do so in person, that is ideal. That will allow for that full co-regulative neurobiological experience, that shared experience with somebody. But if you want to reach out and express appreciation through text or a written letter, that might be what's approachable for you, and that's a good start. Maybe that's actually a great start. It's at least a feeling of connection, so it's something, and it gets you going down that path toward maybe in-person, actual neurobiological shared co-regulation. Ask yourself what communities you can join. Are there clubs or activities? One of my therapy clients let go of the pressure of trying to be around everybody at work and instead focused on like two people and really nurtured those relationships. It actually also might help if you want to join up with your coworkers or friends doing something, give yourself a limit. Say, this is my limit of how much co-regulation I can give and receive, and this is the time I'm leaving. I've also had therapy clients that have joined biking or pottery, after-school clubs, improv, hanging out with coworkers, all, all kinds of stuff that they do 
to have some level of connection that is approachable for them. I don't know what that is for you, but you know, ask yourself, what can you join? What can you be a part of that allows for some co-regulation? I've got a key takeaway here for you and a personal reflection that I will offer to you as well. The takeaway is that co-regulation is a necessity for us humans, but also for all mammals. We need each other. We do not do well in solitude or, or in isolation. We evolved with each other. We evolved to connect to each other. Co-regulation leads to more safety state activation. It leads to better health outcomes, more emotional stability, homeostasis, and a whole bunch of other benefits. For the personal reflection, this is my invitation to you. Take a moment to reflect on your experiences with co-regulation and consider how it's impacted your journey. How have your relationships influenced your healing process? Or have you lacked co-regulation from people you should have gotten it from? Take a moment to reflect or journal if you like. Do not challenge yourself with this if it's too much for you. I do not want you to be going into any depth, into any re-traumatizing stories. Just keep it light and reflect. Ideally, like I said before, ideally, we build self-regulation on top of a healthy history of co-regulation throughout life. But the reality is we don't always get that. However, you can build the strength of your safety state. You can build your distress tolerance and you can build your connection with yourself and even with others. This requires though that you have a dedicated and practical practice in place I can teach you how to self-regulate through my polyvagal trauma relief system. It covers the essentials of the polyvagal theory, teaches you how to build your safety state, and also guides you in unstucking out of your stuck traumatized state. If you subscribe to the Stuck Not Broken Total Access membership, you also get access to my private community along with the courses. So not only do you get the knowledge, but you also get a great little community of people who are on a similar path as you. Community members have told me that as they build their self-regulation, they're able to give and receive co-regulation with others. Even though you should have gotten co-regulation to build self-regulation, you might not have. So you start with where you're at, and that might be self-regulating. So find out more about this at justinlmf.com slash total access. I'll have a link for you in the description. Fellow Stocknot, I hope this episode has been a helpful resource for you in learning about and applying the polyvagal theory to your trauma recovery journey. Bye. This podcast is not therapy, not intended to be therapy or be a replacement for therapy. Nothing in this creates or indicates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek for one in your area if you are experiencing mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed to be specific life advice. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only. More resources are available in the description of this episode and in the footer of justinlmft.com.